the art is actually just an outward expression of who you are in your journey, you know. So as as you, it kind of they work together to help you grow to who you need to be, you know. So. Yeah. Hello and welcome back to the Art Infused Life. My name is Lynn Mazzolini and I'm here with my co-host Don Beauvais and our guest Tanya Johnston. Tanya is a professional fine artist who specializes in portraiture and nature and she has a very interesting um, uh, style, Art Nouveau uh, style um, that she incorporates in her modern painting technique. So welcome, Tanya. Thanks so much for having me, ladies. Lovely to see you and meet you, Dawn, for the first time. <laughs> it's nice to meet you too. I'd like to get us started off with you telling our listeners a little bit about you and what got you um, started with the whole art journey. Okay. Well, when I, the first thing I ever remember about anything to do with art was going to um, play a uh, preschool and I was, remember standing on this hill, uh, like a castle thing, and looking down and I saw these trays of paint on a table, like I think they were primary colours or something, and I was like, what is that? And I ran down to, you know, find out what it was and they said it was you put your hands in it and then you put your you know you make a painting so it was finger painting and I was like what like it blew my mind it was like wow you can do that you know you can paint with your hands um so that's my first recollection of art and then just I don't know growing up I think when I was at school I liked to make posters and you know that kind of thing I went to an uh my art class my art teacher told me to never come back to his class when I was about, I don't know, must have been about 12 or 13. And he said, you'll never be an artist, never come back to my class. And it's really funny because when I was um, in my 30s, I went to an art group and he was the leader of the art group or, you know, part of, I think he was the chairman or whatever. Um, and he'd been like an art teacher in my small town that I grew up in for, you know, donkey's years. And it was so cool to, to paint, you know, with, with him. Um, well, you know, just participate in the same group. And he was really chuffed. He probably didn't even remember. He ever said that to me, but I would have been frustrating to him. I know I was a rebellious teenager. So, you know. <laughs> I think it's funny that sometimes um, negative comments can have two outcomes. Yeah. One, they can stifle us and yeah. shut us down if we allow them to. Yeah. Or two, they can propel us to prove that person wrong. Well, okay. Then the next kind of stepping stone is I did, like in my early adult um life I was still interested in art and I really liked to buy those magazines from the bookstore that had the like how to do you know like they would have a little sample in that the steps so I used to do that a little bit 
Um, and then one time I went with my sister, who's very creative, to a um, a ladies group. Uh, there was about 30 or 40 ladies and this watercolorist had come along and and it was like we're all going to paint a flower and she kind of went around and helped everybody just do a little few highlights or shadows and made it pop you know but I do not follow instructions <laughs> so <laughs> everybody like she had like magazines you know you could rip out an image and just choose something that you liked and I wanted to do a field of lavender and Tuscany, mm. <laughs> not one flower, you know. So everybody, you know, did what they had been, the, what the instructions were, and then the lady came around and, you know, just did a few little bits and pieces and, yeah, everyone was really happy with what they had. But when she got to mine and I happened to be the last person, she went like this, well, dear, I love the colours that you've used, but I don't think there's much we can do. Maybe next time. But it's because I had, it was just, I mean, it's watercolour. And if you know, you know, like it just, if you don't, if you've never used watercolour before, <laughs> it's going to be. So, yeah, my field of lavender in Tuscany was just purple and plum blobs all over the paper. But oh. so my brother-in-law picked us up, my sister and I, and she had followed the instructions and she had a beautiful little vase with a couple of, I don't know, poppies in or something like that. And he said, oh, and what about you, Tan? And I held up my picture and I was like, man, I am going to, that so what you said it was like no I'm gonna conquer this you know I'm gonna figure this out so yeah that was kind of the the trigger a few years went by and then I had some really uh traumatic things happen in my life and to my mother-in-law my ex-mother-in-law she came to me and she said Tanya she gave me this prospectus of this right brain art school that you could do uh, long distance. Back then it was like with videos and stuff like that. And she said, why don't you try this? And I did, you know. And I what, what she showed me actually was this, the prospectus, but also this sheet of this person who had done a portrait workshop and it was their before and after, like what they the face that they had done in the morning and then four hours later or six hours later, the the portrait that they had, it was charcoal. And I was like, what? Like I couldn't, I thought that uh, it was, art was natural talent, you know, mm. but not something that you could learn. And then it's just like, I can learn how to do this. Like this person obviously has the same kind of skill set that I have, but they can do this you know, within a few hours, so I was like, oh, okay, I can do this. I think I can do this. Yeah, from there I just uh, have been doing art ever since, and that was in 2001. So oh, wow. been plugging away. <laughs> yeah, you sure have. Um, I so enjoy your posts on Instagram, and uh, today I was, you know, doing a little show prep and looking at, your Instagram feed and everything that I clicked on, I already had a heart on from probably the first time you posted it. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, this is interesting. So yeah, I coming back to what you just said about, um, you know, the amount of effort that people make in art is a really interesting point because 
I had the same kind of realization at some point because I always thought that I was just, you know, not capable because every time I would start something, it was pretty ugly. Well, guess what? <laughs> Still, when I start something, <laughs> some people might call it ugly. <laughs> I feel the exact same way every time I start painting. <laughs> and actually, um, Man, it was so just magical, really. I can't even, I mean, you guys probably can really relate, but um, the first time, so back then when I first started the online school, I had to do my work and then actually send it in physically and they would look at oh, it wow. and then send me back the critique or get, then we would have like a, um, yeah, a, a, a phone call and, and they would critique it. But also I asked to have it in writing because oftentimes with talking like the words just kind of go over me and I don't I don't I, I like to I like to read and let it you know think about it and reflect on what you know I just get so much more out of it that way uh -huh. and they wrote and said there's something good about whatever it was I mean it was probably horrendous <laughs> it was probably not very beautiful at all but just the affirmation I went I didn't want anyone to see but I went in my shower and I cried <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> And it just felt so good, you know, to that somebody said, yes, you can do it, you know, keep on doing, you know. So, yeah, it was so good and I was just hooked from the beginning. It was, yeah, so art is just so healing. It's so everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really interesting to me that you were painting for 20 years before I came across you in the um, mastery program. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that journey over the, you know, the early 20 years before the mastery program? Because I think I could be wrong. I don't want to steal your thunder, but I was thinking that something about the mastery program really clicked for you. So yes. I'm just wondering how come you didn't find it over the prior 20 years? Yes, well, I think a lot of it is my personality um, and also not just my personality, but, all, you know, like I've had quite a life uh, as well. I mean, we all have had quite a life, but um, I've got six children. I've been, uh, I lived with no power, no electricity for two years. I've lived in a bus for a year. I've lived in many different kinds of situations um, and I've moved countries. <laughs> um, yeah, and I have, I don't know, there's just a lot of stuff I've had, you know, some uh, ups and downs in relationships and things like that. So uh, I, and I'm not... I, just my personality, I don't know what it is, but I just don't know how to set goals or I can't make lists. I want to. Like my husband is the complete opposite of me. He is a coach for getting things done. I don't know if you guys know that, but it's... Mm. <laughs> David <laughs> Allen's book. <laughs> the most I can do is uh, a few years ago I watched Marie Kondo's, uh, whatever her name is, um, Spark, Sparking Joy. So I kind of like... And listen to Jordan Peterson on Make Your Bed and Clean Your Room. <laughs> so, I'm there. <laughs> so, a true artist. <laughs> um, yeah, so, but I just didn't know 
that I had an imagination or how to access my imagination. So even mm. though I did write, uh, write school, art school, I think, I mean, uh, I really just think a lot of it is to do with the art is actually just an outward expression of who you are in your journey, you know. So as as you, it kind of they work together to help you grow to where you need to be, you know. So uh, yeah. That kind of plays into finding your voice as an artist. And, you know, I was thinking about that and how, you know, many of the, the masters had somewhat changed their voice over time. And that's kind of like life because we experience different things. We have different situations that ultimately change a little bit of the way we express ourselves in our art. So would you share a little bit about your voice journey? Sorry, you, you, you froze, so I'm not exactly sure what you said. Sorry. I said um, a lot of the masters are, am I frozen again? Nope, you're good. Okay. They um, have changed their voice over time, and yeah. um, it kind of reflects life. You know, we have different life experiences. We have different um, things that happen in our lives, and I see how my voice uh, has changed slightly over the past little bit of time that I've been painting. And I would really like to hear about how you discovered your voice and what that reflects for you. Well, that, yeah, like I thought I didn't have one and I thought I didn't have an imagination. So I thought I would just paint the old masters reproductions, which I absolutely love and I would be happy doing that my whole life. But then when I saw the mastery program, it what it offered was every all the parts that I felt I had gaps in my understanding or knowledge to be able to, you know, kind of go further. Um, one was oil learning how to oil paint. I mean, I tried a few times and it had no idea you know, what I was doing um, and just the like business aspects of it. So that's what drew me to it. But also I'm really interested in um, um, prophetic or, or uh, just working mm. with the creator to create something. And so, you know, that also was what um, – Ali Milan was talking about in this program so it seems like just absolutely perfect and I just uh I yeah the way it, I even discovered it was kind of a um a magical thing <laughs> so not magical but you know like it was just uh yeah very I don't know just came at the right time so um when I started doing the program, I when I came to the voice section, I spent more time on that than anything else because to me it's like, do I have a voice? What kind of voice do I have? And I've, you know, listened to a lot about it and read a lot about it and different books and things, but it's just sometimes you don't know what you don't know. It's like it's got to get from up here and into here. Um, uh -huh. And... Just the way that Ellie described 
discovering your voice and then like not just letting it be talk but actions like practice it practice it practice it and I had a mentor through the program and he just would encourage me to just keep on painting just keep on painting just keep on painting but I was like I don't want to just keep on painting if I'm painting the wrong thing I want to paint in the direction that I want to go not realizing that I will get there <laughs> by doing that you know it's like you have to do the work mm-hmm yeah, it is really hard to keep on painting when you're not sure if you really want to make like a whole series of it or if you ever want anybody to see it or if it's sellable. And yeah, I struggle with that a little bit. I think still, you know, because I've been working full time and so I'm I'm kind of like stuck, you know, um, in a stage that I need to break out of. But yeah, it's really interesting. I wanted to say that one of the big surprises to me recently, though, is that some of the work that I just made because I was like, I had to make sure I had my 30 some paintings, right? So I made a series of work, which I thought I understood from the program principles would not be the most sellable. And it turns out to be some of the work that actually people are buying. <laughs> That's the crazy thing. It's like the things that I care about aren't as popular as the things that I haven't cared so much about. But I think it's probably because, I don't know, it's, I mean, there's, there's just so much that goes into it. I think it's your, what you're feeling as you're painting it, you know, how you're feeling about yourself as you're painting it. Because you're kind of like imparting who you are as going through your hands into the paint onto the canvas. And that's what you're leaving there, you know. So it's like a vibe you know yeah. yeah people can really feel the emotion I've had I have one painting in particular which I definitely had kind of a emotional breakthrough if you will like an epiphany um where I connected some dots as I was doing this painting and I didn't care about making a sellable painting and I've had more people say that they want to buy that painting than any other one so far, it's still, you know, it's still on the market, but I've actually had, I had a woman standing in front of it for several minutes and I, I was like, should I talk to her or not? I don't know. And, um, she definitely did not want to be disturbed. So I said, okay. And then she turned and she looked at me and she said, if that painting is still available, when I have the money, I am buying it. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> Mm -hmm. and then she left so I think it was hard for her to leave that painting yeah and it's just absolutely shocking how people can feel the emotion so yeah yeah I'm curious if you're painting I think you're painting every day um I do not paint every day I wish I could um I spent like I'll go hard out and try and like sprint paint you know like just paint until I drop kind of thing because I just need to get it out while I still have the enthusiasm for it I just lose interest quickly um so I make myself go back and go back I've tried doing a whole bunch at the mm -hmm. same time but that doesn't really work for me like I might do that as a start but um like I made the other day, I made four starts, but I only continued working on one. Uh, 
and then I'll go to the next one. It's kind of like I want to figure it out first, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I feel that. Yes, that's exactly how I paint too. And I've tried to do several at one time but I find myself pulled into the, emo- and, and I feel like it's probably that way because I'm a very emotional painter and I put it all into my art. Yeah. And so I can't switch that emotion from painting to painting. Uh-huh. I know I was painting one um, particular piece of art and it was a big canvas. And I had these colors on here that, that were bright and cheery and it was is going really well and i painted over it and i can't tell you how many people reached out to me and said where's that one painting where is it oh my gosh you painted over it but i just it it just wasn't connecting with where i was at so yeah. instead uh-huh. i painted like this um crimson red with a little bit of blue which was where my heart was and i yeah. sold that painting it's yeah. gone yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm curious how you manage the the emotion, Tanya. I know that you have a deep spiritual connection also with your work. So, um can you elaborate on that? Well, I just want to um I feel that my skill set, like I don't go out, I don't talk to people very much. I stay at home, you know, painting, but I do want to touch people's lives. And I want to do that through um, my paintings, you know. And I, I so, but at the same time, I have to work through negativity and, you know, all the reasons I tell myself I don't know what I'm doing, I don't know how to paint, I shouldn't be doing this, I need to go get a job, (laughs) all the things, you know, like you just like you're bombarded with negative, well, I am, negative self-talk and it's kind of like I have to like wade through all that stuff to make something that is going to, that I want to like touch people, you know, when they see it. So I don't, like for me personally, I don't want to just like see something and paint it. I want it to have um, some kind of deeper meaning. And I maybe it's just for me when it has meaning for me so that it will uh, impart meaning to other people when they say, oh, that's my see it, or that's my hope, you know. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think that's a magic sauce right there I love it but it's hard too because I feel like a lot of times um I would like to paint more than I do but I find it difficult to actually uh settle on imagery you know because um a lot of the resource material that I'm looking at is so dark like to you know just looking around for imagery that I can use especially because I'm for portraiture and stuff like that and figures I'm kind of you know I'm not paying for my own models so I'm stealing like an artist basically you know and so in order to do that I need to find uh find just uh inspiration uh and yeah it's part of your voice is the the way somebody looks or the angle of their head or the perspective you know and I want to tell stories so it's 
I mean, it's just like trying to create something, put it together first uh-huh. um, can take some time and some uh-huh. frustrating moments. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Do you ever start out like, um, for me, a lot of times I start out just slapping some paint on the canvas and then after I do that, these images come in my head. Ooh, I think I see this here and I think I see this here and then elaborate on that. Um, I've tried that through the years, but I've kind of come to um, the realization that I'm actually a C, uh, which in the DISC. So I, I, I don't, I don't enjoy that process of doing that. I like to know what I'm going to paint, and then reverse engineer it. Like I create the image that I would like to to see, to you know, that I'm excited to paint, and then I'm like, okay, how am I going to do this? And then, mm. so then that's what I do, because I, I don't know. The other, um, just yesterday, I made four canvases. Just you know, started priming them up to do something. And I did do what you said, and I'll show it to you since it's right here. Um, so, oops, it actually goes this way, but it's just nothing like, I just can't, I don't know, I'm not happy with it. So, I mean, I am happy with it, but I just, it's not more what you I You want to know, when you held it up horizontally instead of vertically, I saw a woman. Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> it was well, I'm gonna right, I, I, right I, in what, the middle. What I what I'm thinking Hi. about it is that um, I like wallpaper. I like um, eclectic kind of strange looking wallpaper, and so that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking like a wallpaper background, and then I'm going to put something in front of it. So yeah. that's where I'm going with it, but. Yeah, I like to know what I'm going to paint from the get-go. Yeah. Hmm. Lynn, how does your brain work with that? I'm curious to know. I don't think we've talked about it. Oh, um, well, I really need to have a free and loose stage um, where I just do things that feel very random. And then as I start to have a background, then I have an idea of what I want to put onto the background. Um, and so then I try to find some sort of imagery and, and develop the painting, but I need, I, I think I'm really weird in the fact, maybe Tanya, you can straighten me up. I think I'm really (laughs) weird in the fact that I like to be really free and loose and like all into that intuitive, like childlike kind of play thing. Yeah. But then I also like to render out the details and have some, you know, like have something that looks kind of more like academic art in a sense. So I'm trying to find my balance between those two things because my notebook pieces, I'm like practicing all this realism and I'm still not that good at it, you know, from that perspective. But if I could just, you know, take some of that and then bring it into like the more abstract pieces, I think it would really work. But yeah, I think you've just got to do what feels right for you. You know, like everybody has, there's like at first, when I first started painting, it was like, oh, you have to do it like this, this and this. And all of it is very tight and 
you know, like what I was seeing in these magazines, these step-by-step, do it like this, do it like this. But I, you know, I love the impressionists. So my Mm. kind of, um, like the look I'm trying to get is impressionist, Art Nouveau. You know, I love Klimt. I love Van Gogh. You know, so really it's not realism, realism, but I still want it to be, but I also want it to be talking about interior uh, the interior world of our souls, but I yeah. am trying to do it in an outward, portray it outwardly. So it's kind of surrealism, but, you know, so how do I take all these ideas and uh, distill it into something that is readable from a person, you know, that doesn't know what I'm doing and they can kind of connect with it in some way? but still be loose and free looking, even though I planned it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of like those brushstrokes. It's almost <laughs> like um, a recognizable impressionism, right? So it's somewhat abstract, but yet when someone looks at it, you can see it's recognizable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm feeling from, from what yeah. you said. Uh-huh. Yeah, like color, like I think color is the most important thing, first and foremost for me. Color is the most important thing. And then it's like, what, what is happening here? You know, that, that's this kind of second thing. And so I like to kind of ping on those two things. Mm-hmm. So um, you mentioned the voice section and... Um, finding out that you're a C, which is really interesting because I think you thought you were an I before. I thought I was everything. <laughs> I, didn't know uh. what, I didn't know what I was. And I was just relying on the people around me that kind of met me and knew me, you know, to what I, what they thought I was. But um, it turns out like, and um, I also thought that I was uh, not in the disc part, but in the other part of the archetype part. I thought I was um, a magician or a sage or a, an innocent, um, maybe a creator, but I wasn't. I just, it took me a long time and I, I went back, you know how you could um, have the quarterly calls and it would be on the part of the program you, that you were in. I kept just going back to the voice all the time. I was like, you know, th- that was the most important thing to me. I think that I wanted to get from the program altogether was that part of it. Um, and um, yeah, I just, it's only been very recently. I've been looking into um, the archetypes since in the last past few months and doing the quizzes and just trying to get a better understanding um, because partly is I haven't been doing much writing on my Instagram posts because I haven't really known how to uh, brand, you know, like what kind of mm. uh, words I should use. And so I don't want to use any until I know <laughs> which uh, kind to use. So that would be helpful for me. And um, so I did a few quizzes and I found out that I was coming out as Explorer. And then I started thinking about that. And at first I thought, well, I don't really, I don't like to travel, but it's not a priority to me. But 
I have a child that lives in London, a child that lives in Germany, a child that lives in Australia, a child that lives in America, and two children that live in New Zealand. And just visiting my children, <laughs> I have to explore the world, basically. <laughs> and um, uh, But more than that, I'm an internal explorer, like I've, I'm a daydreamer, or I just like to think about things and explore ideas or thoughts you know so and then I thought well hang on a minute since I was a kid I wanted to drive a jeep and that's what I do drive and it's a jeep liberty which is freedom and I love freedom and I'm all about being free and free to be you and be authentic and um, and when I started looking at some of the goals and uh, drivers for the Explorer I was like wow actually that's that is what I and so since, and I love the colours of the Explorer, so then it was just all started to fall into place. And to some people, they might think, well, you know, you don't need to put too much weight to that kind of thing. But to me, I just need all the help I can get as far as um, how can I promote, like what kind of voice should I have, you know. And I when I'm talking to, and thinking, I'm thinking. I always think about journeys and traveling and destination, and the uh, it's the process that is where, where you're built in the journey, and that's what I share on my Instagram. It's like, oh, to me, a piece of art is so much more interesting if you see it actually being built than if you just see the end product. You know, the end product mm. is kind of cool. But to me, the coolest part was getting to that end product. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yes, it, I, it's so funny. I've just been talking about this with Lynn and Cami about how, you know, we get so caught up in the end result. Oh, we're going to do this and we're going to be this. And, and um, really, it's all about the journey. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's it. I don't really want to get to the end because I don't know what the end's going to be. That's right. right. Yeah. I want to enjoy every step of the way. And right now that's where I'm at. It's pretty fantastic. And you hit the nail on the head. It is. I love watching other artists paint. And yeah, seeing the final product is nice, but just watching that process. That's why, you know, on Instagram, I had this, Thing where I peeled paint off of a container, that reel went crazy. I'm like, what? Because really? yes, yes. I can't tell you how many people liked that. Over a hundred, and it's just peeling paint off because it's really, it just funnels back into people like to see the process. They like yeah. to feel it. They like to hear it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, there's just so much food it's kind of like soul food to watch something like that happen you know and people mm -hmm. are just like they don't they don't know how to do that stuff so just watching it kind of materialize before their eyes it's like wow that is so you know in a in a world where everything's just like cookie cut to see something mm -hmm. handmade in this day and age is like special mixing yeah. paint i've watched people mix paint on on videos and i'm like Oh, that's just so cool. It is. Like, Am I weird or what? But I don't know. I love watching that stuff. No, it, it <laughs> feeds your soul. It's soul food. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I yeah. love that. 
Yeah, it's really interesting because um, I think we're all approximately the same age, but, you know, there was a, a time, I think when, you know, maybe the early 90s or something. I mean, yes, the grunge look was kind of in for a lot of people, but I was really craving everything like new. You know, I wanted everything new and, you know, kind of looking like everybody else's stuff. And it's really interesting because now I feel like there's a lot of people that they have kind of like the standard home, you know, like the standard American dream home. And here I am like really craving all this handmade stuff and, you know, kind of more messy (laughs) stuff. So... Well, I think, and as artists, I think it's super important to, you know, part of your voice is nobody has ever said it like you say it, like you show it, like, you know, like Mm. how many songs have there been written about love? Like, but every new song about love is a new, from a new, a new flavor, you know, and we are like that as artists. And that was like being part of the um, the um, Milan Art Institute, their mastery program. A lot of the people that came to it and that do that program are drawn to the same kind of symbolism and things that they mm-hmm. like, I think, and also are attracted by Ali and Demetra's artwork. But for me, it was like, okay, well, yes, I love these things, but... I want to do it differently. And so that was my challenge from the get-go was how can I paint these types of things but do it um, that is not, you know, that is distinct from, you know, because as artists that's part of being an artist, right, is people can see your work and recognise that a particular person has painted this and this and this because they look like they're, you know, the same-ish. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I it, that, that partly was um, one of the biggest things I got out of it was being challenged and asking myself a question. How can I, how can I portray what I want to portray in a way that's different? Mm-hmm. I think you've achieved that. And I know what you mean, because I can recognize on Instagram, a lot of people who, you know, they're in the program or they've been through the program there. I mean, there are definitely are some that I don't recognize or I'm not sure about, but yeah. And I would just like to say, I don't know why I feel like saying this, but we're not being paid to advertise. (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm saying, um, because we end up talking about this in several episodes. And I just want to say that we just do this. Like we say all these things because we genuinely feel it. It's not that we're sponsored by them. And if they want to well, sponsor us, we'll be really happy. But <laughs> well, I, there are two, two, um, two books that have like, I've got a lot of art books, but the two that have really impacted me a lot is uh, Ellie's book, she's got a new one but the revolution of an artist and mm-hmm. i don't know if you guys i'm sure you know this one the artist's way mm-hmm. yeah that not even the book just the introduction of the artist's way. right I, I read like i don't know in the early 2000s and it stuck with me more than anything else um just just 
you know how her approach or changing your mindset to us to be a certain way and um yeah like I've just I searched like you said I mean I searched for a long time and I really felt I didn't do very much with my art even though I was plugging away I mean I learned skills but it wasn't until I took this program that I that helped me to um fulfill or feel fulfilled or find the answer to what I was trying to put out there you know or do with my it's just a it's just a really different approach to teaching art and just the mentorship part of it is just incredible and then the community part of it is really great because I think, um, I don't know how conscious they have to be to kind of guard this mentality, but, um, but they do say that the community is really very supportive. Like we don't have to compete against one another and they believe that every artist brings new art collectors basically with them. So there is really no competition and that's just a really beautiful sentiment. I just I think what I appreciate the most about what they're doing is like Ellie talks about the light movement, like bringing in new, you know, just um, a renaissance and and art and the area of light and good art. <laughs> you know, not dark nice. art. When I say good art, mm-hmm. I mean just positive art. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I am not a Milan Institute graduate, but I am also drawn to the positivity and the beautiful um, messages that they put out. But I want to talk about uh, books a little bit because I am a book junkie and (laughs) I love reading. And, uh, you know, one of the books that really changed my life was The Four Agreements. And I don't I don't know if you're, but that book, I, I used to buy stacks of them to hand out to people as gifts. I, I have a gift closet at home and I always have uh, the four agreements on hand to give out as gifts. And mm. now I have the creative life book out <laughs> and uh-huh. like, that out as gifts instead, because uh, Lynn and I are co-authors. Congratulations, ladies. Yes, I, yeah. I- yeah, thank you. But the one I just listened to, I listened to books on tape too, because I do a lot of driving, and um, it was uh, Big Magic. Yeah. Oh, that book is so good. Yeah. So good. It just and, aligns with everything I believe. Yeah. Um, there's a lady, Nancy Hillis, I think her name is. She's an abstract. Yeah. yeah. She has an amazing book too that I listened to that I can't remember the name of it, but that was another one that was just so great. Yeah. Who's the author? Nancy Hillis. Um, Yeah. I I could find it real quick, but. um, Okay. Yes. I've listened to her. She has a podcast, doesn't she? I'm not sure, but I just I listened to her um, audible book when I would walk the dogs, and it was just so so good. Maybe it was just the time, my you know what I was going through at the time, but um, yeah, what she said was so great. Another great thing that I read in um, a book called um, Conversations and Paint was that um, theme and variation, like to paint 
that that our brains like things patterns but to do mm-hmm. everything variation you know like um for instance like a, a a building with a line of windows but you know some windows there'll be a blind halfway down and some there'll be a different reflection so it's kind of like your eye your your brain just likes that kind of thing but it's with very you know variation mm. to is it called the artist's journey Nancy Hill. Nancy Ellis? Um, yes. probably yeah I think I have that book mm-hmm. I don't know if I've read it yet mm-hmm. well I, I I think sometimes listening to a book rather than reading a book is um, a different experience isn't it yeah yeah yes, it is. I love that books on tape uh, actually Lynn introduced me to that or maybe Cammy said because I was driving home from it was like an eight hour drive and I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Oh, get a book on tape and listen to it. And so I did. And it was like, I'm driving and I'm like, Oh no, am I going to get home before the book's over? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Some books I can listen to while I'm driving, but some I can't. And anyway, uh, my favorite book right now is, um, your brain on art and it's a relatively new release. Yeah. yeah, it's a relatively new release, and um, it's written by two authors, and one of them um, is at Johns Hopkins University, and she has a really big research group that's um, in this area called neuroaesthetics. And the other author, I don't remember all of her credentials, but basically she you got works Google. She's an yeah, executive she's working with Google. Yeah, with Google and all that kind of. Um, image all the stuff you know creating the the you know visual art experience basically um for devices and all the different things and sorry i'm kind of botching that up but um they're they're just really interesting and they're talking a lot about um kind of our connection you know with with art and how much information our eyes take in Um, But one of the other really big takeaway messages from that book is that doing art and or appreciating art at least once a month. um, I don't remember what um, time span, but they say approximately once a month can add years to your life. There's something about, you know, that connection. And I think it's the connection with the emotional parts of, of life because I think if you don't have art in your life, um, I think that you're kind of more like just trying to shut off your emotions and kind of like always stay kind of in control. And I don't know, like working on being productive all the time instead of really taking in the experiences of life. And I think appreciating the visual arts or music arts or you know, culinary arts, you know, all the arts, I think that is just so important to really this life experience. And that so jives with our whole purpose for starting this podcast is really like to bring more art into life. You know, it's not supposed to necessarily just be about the artist's life, although that's what we're really fascinated with. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like it's embedded. It's it's you. You are the art. 
<laughs> you are the art and you are allowing it to seep out you know like you've it's like a maple tree getting maple syrup it's like you're letting <laughs> some of how you feel the things that you feel and it's it might be completely different like you might be sad or happy you know whatever it is but it's kind of just like whatever it is it's like it's just things that you can't articulate that you don't even know but that is just this sense this feeling within you that as you paint it's just it's just released, you know, it's released and uh-huh. and it makes something beautiful, you know, if you keep working on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Or maybe it's just an emotional processing, you know. It doesn't have to end up really beautiful. No, maybe it's just right. the experience. Yeah. Of letting uh, it out. Yeah, putting it on paper, yeah. just creating. Yeah. Um, you always feel better afterwards if you don't allow yourself to be too emotionally attached to the outcome. Yeah. It's in the journey. It's in the doing. Yeah. I can't phrase that enough for people. People get, you know, and I have been there too, get so caught up in, oh, man, that's horrible. But yet, you know, the whole time I was painting that, I felt good. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think I heard you say just um, I was listening to some of your other podcasts, even if it's just pushing color around, because that's all that really it is to me. It's just like pushing the color around until you don't, until you've had enough of doing it. <laughs> Somehow it's just, I don't know, it's just everything, you know? Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. So speaking of journeys, Tanya, do you want to tell us about your journey to? Greece last year? Sure. So I'm <laughs> lying in bed on a Friday morning. I just woke up. I'm scrolling through my Instagram feed and I saw that I was getting a phone call from Greece and from Ali, uh, Ali Milan. And I thought, oh, you know, she's in Greece. Maybe she's pocket dialing me. And I said, are you pocket dialing me? And she said, no. Do you think you could be? in Athens tomorrow by 4 p.m. because somebody that was coming on our show that we're filming is can't make it their visa didn't come through and we need an you know another person and we start filming on Monday and I said well how long would it be um because I have a ticket to go and see my son on the 10th of June. And she said, yeah, it finishes on the 9th of June. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So anyway, I said, okay, just give me a minute and let me talk to my husband and see if, you know, this is a doable thing. And it was. So I called her back and they helped me arrange a flight uh, to Athens because by that time I'm like my head is just going like whoa 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 and she said you know bring art supplies and don't worry about clothes but I heard bring clothes and don't worry about art supplies (laughs) (laughs) it was tricky business um and yeah I had like uh just I had to throw stuff in a bag and just a few, you know, brushes and a couple of things that I could. I was actually still throwing paint, uh, you know, 
paint supplies in my bag when the Uber pulled up to take me to Washington, went to Washington, barely made it, got on a flight, and then once I finally got sit down on the plane and it's like, oh my gosh, what have I got myself into? And all these all the other people they are gonna have been figuring this out for the past few months and I have in two days I'm gonna be starting to, you know, paint and I have no idea what I'm doing. Um so and the adventure began, but it was very interesting and fun. Yeah. The power of saying yes. I know right. I was I you know I was scared I, I I really was but I was like you know you can't when you have an opportunity to do something like that then you have to say yes you know you have you can't say no to something like that so uh -huh. let the chips fall where they may <laughs> I think it'll be interesting when um when the show is out for you to watch the journey because you know that it, you know, you're probably a different person now than you were then. Yeah, so for sure. The for perspective sure. is going to be really interesting. And I can't wait to watch the show because, yeah, <laughs> it's just an exciting. The first two seasons were great. Yeah. And so I can't imagine this third season, what it's going to be like. And so I really can't wait to see it. Do you know anything about when it's going to be released? Um, I don't think they've actually pinned down a date but i think they're hoping for mid-fall so somewhere okay. there. it could be a bit later i'm not sure yeah but can't. very exciting we're gonna yeah. say oh we know her <laughs> when she's famous <laughs> yes. oh yes i know her <laughs> yeah. so funny yeah. That is awesome. Hey, I have a question for you, if you don't mind. It's a little bit selfish, but I'm going to be in Italy for a year because um, I'm doing an academic sabbatical. And of course, I'm going to be painting a lot, like, you know, really as much as I possibly can, because I've been kind of, you know, backlogged. So and everyone wants to paint in Italy. <laughs> yeah, so... But yeah, I want to do, you know, the whole thing, like every day, you know, even just sketches and stuff like that, because with my, with my day job, you know, sometimes my art gets put on the shelf. But anyway, I'm um, really nervous about having a ton of art that I'm getting to ship back. And so I wonder what suggestion you have for um, how to paint a lot. And I also kind of want to paint big and then how I'm going to deal with getting that stuff back to the U.S., um well, I would say to just take buy a roll of canvas and unroll it off the roll and then just either cut it into pieces the size that you want already but think about standard standard sizing so that when you come back you can buy the stretches from Blix that just pretty much click together and then you can stretch your canvases over it but it just helps if they're the right size so you know that for the for the stretcher bars that you buy um and then I would just find go to a um a hardware store or whatever and just buy a piece of board for the so the size that you want and just um 
put the canvas over it and like get bulldog clips and clip it to the board and then paint and then you can just when it's dry fold it up or roll it up and bring it home when we came back from Greece we took our canvases off the stretcher bars and so we could just fold them up and put them in our suitcases but you might as well just start with a roll of canvas in the first place you know or pieces Yeah, I had one recently that I painted loose and then I stretched it to hang it. And in the process of stretching it, there's a a spot where I think it's really because the acrylic layer was a little bit thick, but Mm. it kind of like tore a little bit the acrylic layer on the edge. Mm. And so that's Mm. my biggest concern, I think, because it doesn't look that great. um, Yeah, but you can touch it up. You can just touch it up and mm-hmm. fix it up but I, I haven't had that problem so maybe um like we pulled it too tight maybe yeah yeah mm-hmm. and like once you stretch it you've got those little um shim shim mm-hmm. that you put in the backs and then you can also spray the back with water and it tightens it up like a drum yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you just can spray the canvas on the back, yeah. I guess um, we should probably wrap it up. And um, I always like to pick um, T- Tanya's brain because she has so many useful advices because she's painted ah. on different substrates. And I've also enjoyed watching some of her framing videos and different things. So, yeah, thank you for the advice. I really appreciate it. So, Tanya, what do you want to tell us before uh, we let you go? Um, If you have in your heart that you want to make art and you don't know where to start or you just, you know, have meager beginnings, you've got just just start somewhere and see where it takes you. It's so much more than just making art. In fact, the art is just kind of the outcome the out, outward thing of what's actually happening because it's doing something inside of you and, and changing you on the inside and it's a beautiful thing and I think everybody should do it. Everybody's yeah. got some, everybody has creativity and that it doesn't need Uh-oh. to be beautiful or pretty. It just needs to be you, uh, you know, drawing or painting, doing something that, that is ex- being expressive. Mm-hmm. I wanted to thank that you is such um, great. for this interview. You have touched me. I love listening to your process and how you found your voice. And I think it's something that a lot of people are going to resonate with. So thanks so much for, you know, sharing that with us. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for having yeah. me, ladies. It's been an honor. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. You definitely honor us with your presence. So thank you so much for everything. And we'll drop your um, your contact information in the show notes. And we definitely want to encourage our audience to check out uh, Tanya's work. It's definitely very innovative. And she's painting a lot and recording lots of reels. And just so fun to watch her, um, her paint and her grow time so thank you thank you thank you bye